Welcome back. It's another Faith to Form, the podcast for the F2F Music Foundation. F2F is an incredible foundation growing, growing rapidly. It seeks to enable all youth to pursue continuous and rigorous training in music to their highest level of interest and ability while striving for the best academic achievements possible. F2F is designed to provide the disadvantaged students in high schools, middle schools, and elementary schools with the opportunity to excel in their academic endeavors by utilizing the benefits of music to enrich their lives and the lives of others in the community. Such a needed uh, part of education, because it seems that uh, as of late, uh, some of those more autistic things have kind of gone away. And uh, we, we can't have that. So what that's doing is uh, Faith of Form F2F is turning things around there. And uh, this is kind of cool today. We, you know, we got an all-star lineup here, guys. We, we have Bell Lewis, award-winning Hammond uh, organist, keyboardist. Uh, he is an accomplished singer, producer, arranger, whose music can be found on the well-known television shows from The Sopranos to The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. We also have Larry Braggs back with us. Uh, Larry Braggs, I call him a tower of power, as always. Music, entertainment, and a lifelong fashion for doing all things music. And Tom Braxton, saxophonist, garnered a critical acclaim while thrilling audiences, and he still does, all ages, coast to coast, and abroad for over two decades, from Africa to Japan, New York to L.A., with folks like Wayman Tisdale, Dave Koz, Rick Braun, Peter White, and uh, Candy Dolfer, and so, so many more. And I feel like we're back, guys, <laughs> at Pastor Cheeks's church here for a late <laughs> Christmas concert or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, wait a minute. Yes. Let's do, let's do a sound check and get this thing underway. Right. Those are always so much fun, weren't they? I, yeah. I, I, I love that man. I love that man mm -hmm. and what he does. And his faith is so strong and his energy. And how do you talk all you guys into that, by the way? I don't get he loves jazz. He just loves jazz music. And, uh, <laughs> I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, he met uh, you, Larry, and Tom on a smooth jazz cruise, I guess. Yeah, I, years ago. I, I, I walked up to him because we were on the cruise ship together and he was wearing a University of Texas shirt. And I said, oh, another Texan. And so we just ended up talking and that led to him saying, hey, you know, I want to start doing some things. And I said, well, let's do it. And he he saw it all the way through. He really does love jazz. You're correct. Yeah. 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 And he's such a uh, such a, a, a big personality. I mean, everything about him is is big. So it'd be really hard to say no to Pastor Cheeks. Very it? true. It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, guys, I've never I've never done a, a smooth jazz cruise. Those must I it, 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 you know, think in the pandemic age, it's sad because, you know, cruises are fun. Mm -hmm. And a smooth jazz cruise has got to be one of the coolest deals going. You guys must have had fun doing that as well. huh? Oh yeah, we really did, and uh, we really do. I think what what it's great on on many sides. One, you get to you know, as Larry knows, you play a show, you pack up and you leave. But in this situation, you get to be with great supporters and wonderful people for a whole week, and you also get to spend some time with the fraternity of musicians. You know, we, we don't get to see each other that much either because we're always on the run and everyone's very busy. So here's a chance for us to say, hey, let's grab some lunch up on the Lido or let's, let's have some dinner and catch up and, 
you know, with our wives and different things like that. So it, it's a real chance for us to bond uh, for an entire week. And that that's really special. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably, to us, it's probably a working vacation, really, because we're working, but we're also just having a blast. And I tell you, for the fans, I always tell people, if you go on a smooth jazz cruise, you would never do any other cruise except for a music cruise the rest of your life. None of those other cruises would interest you anymore because you just have so much fun. And it's almost like Tom goes, it's almost live music 24-7, almost. Mm -hmm. It's, an, it's, and it's a great it's a great venue too. It's a small venue, and you're 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 rubbing shoulders with, uh, uh, you know, with with the folks who are playing there. So it's a uh, yeah. They have, they have lounges all over the ship, so you might leave one show and another show starting down the hall. You leave that oh. show, another show starting on the other deck or whatever. It's just it's nonstop. So you see people passing each other, just going to shows, <laughs> talking and having a great time, and then late at night when all the shows are over. The musicians usually find themselves up by the Lido deck or upstairs in the in the uh, in the uh, cafeteria, just chilling out, relaxing, and just yeah. talking and having a great time catching up. And that's probably the best part. You know, mm-hmm. smoking a cigar with the with the uh, the cruise uh, captain or something. And then you get uh, hey, uh, Bell, and not- then you get to play together. There's different combinations of musicians that. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but that in other words, you never know. There could be a show going on, and this guy just walks up with a saxophone or. Or Larry jumps on stage, and we the, the the universal language of music is on full display because we wow. we get to just play with each other. And hey, you know, we need you in this horn section. Come play this. And hey, can you do this? And so we all. It's just a great situation of us getting to combine in all different kind of uh, combinations. I want to do one of these for a face to form, man. Let's put one of these together. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Okay, something else to add to your list, Val. Okay, good. I like. That. Yeah, we'll change the venue from annual jazz festival to annual jazz festival cruise. <laughs> Why not? Done deal. I'll yes. buy my ticket right now, man. I'll buy my <laughs> right. I remember one time Tom was playing in um, in one of the like chip like it's like a. I forgot what it's called. What's that thing called, Tom? The bar area, you know, where you play out in the open. Well, oh, golly, I should know that. It's that. It's the yeah. middle of the ship. Why, why can't yeah. I remember the name of that? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's just call it the middle of the ship. You know, it's fine. Yeah, so Tom is playing on stage. He's playing the show, and Kirk Whalem is standing back by the bar playing Tom's show too. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. We're all going, wait a minute. Tom's playing and Kirk's playing. <laughs> you know, Kirk's back there waiting to go sit in with Tom, but Tom's playing and unpronounced to pronounce pronounced to Tom. Kirk's back there just jamming with Tom the whole time. <laughs> People in the car are listening to Kirk and Tom. Oh. <laughs> so it was like that's the kind of things that happen, man. People just show up. And they just start playing, and it was—it was—it's just a—it's just a blast. It really is it's, wow. something uh, special. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I have a question. You know, you guys are involved uh, with this podcast, but you're also very much involved with uh, Vell's endeavor, uh, Faith to Form. Um, and I know you've got some questions as well, Vell. But uh, I, I'm just curious, what what, what brings you into the uh, the circle of interest here for uh, for what Vell is doing right now, Faith? Well, for me, uh, I come from an education background. Uh, both of my parents were educators for over 30 years. My father was band and orchestra director. He's the person who 
first put the saxophone in my hand. And so I grew up around schools and he would have people over on Saturdays teaching. And, and so I was a fine arts director and a band director for some time at a private school and I'm teaching private lessons now. So I'm a big proponent of education, uh, getting young people exposed to different kinds of music as early as possible. I think that's where we lag a little behind Europe, for instance, and other places is that they expose their kids to jazz and classical styles and different things. Whereas we expose our kids to the radio and not to disparage the radio, but there's more out there. So uh, I think that what Vell is doing is fantastic and I, I believe in it. And um, yeah, I'm looking forward to being a part of it. Nice. Thank what you about very you, much. Yes. Well, I like, like Tom, I've always been uh, interesting in education and I've always been one of those people who would like teach kids because I've always had questions about, you know, how you do this, how you're that. Then all of a sudden, I became a professor at the University of Arkansas, Pine Bluff, where I go to school, where I went to college. And I find myself even more, you know, just diving into education with students because I understand that, you know, they need more than just the education. They need someone to, like, just really wrap their arms around them and carry them some of the way and give them the support they need. You know, I've been teaching kids stuff like, you know, I've been having music appreciation class, and I had a guy that plays football, he goes, man, I, you know, I don't even to this music, but I gave an assignment, you know, with Mozart. And the guy came back and he wrote, because they had to write about it after they got through listening to it. It was a three-hour piece. So he came back and said, you know, when I tried to study with it, I couldn't, but when I found myself working out and stretching, it really helped me. And I really started to appreciate it. And that's the kind of thing that you want to open them up to more other than just rap or R&B or hip hop or soul. They start listening to this and go like, oh wow, there is a place for this in my life. And that's why I really want to keep myself very vested in what's going on with Bell. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I- Hey Bill, you've got some great, you've got some great friends here in the, in the industry here, two of which are right here today. And I know you've got some questions. For, for yeah, and that's well. one of the things why I wanted to focus our podcast that we've been doing primarily on education of music and the power of music. It's been said many times that there is power in it. And Tom, I'm glad you mentioned that you know, from a universal language standpoint, how it brings us all together. But if you can, maybe just for our listeners, give them some idea of what kind of power is this? What have you experienced in your career and your life you know, with music? Oh, I have plenty of stories, but I, uh, a few things stand out. I, I'll never forget, um, uh, I went with Earl Clue to uh, Johannesburg, South Africa, and Earl Clue is an iconic uh, jazz guitarist. Absolutely. And um, we were in this uh, theater which seats about 1,500 people. And I, this was my first time in South Africa, never been there. And we were playing some songs. And then there's one song of Earl's that is very popular uh, uh, in South Africa. It's called Tropical Legs. And I don't know what happened either. It got played on a broadcast and it just became this song that everybody knew. We started the song and I kid you not, 1500 people stood up and sang along. And this was instrumental. There were no words. Wow. To it. They just started swaying and singing along with it. And I'd never seen anything like that, a response like that. And it just let me know 
the power that music has, the good power that it has to affect lives. And they were just crying and just, oh, this is great. You know, and uh, so I've been in those situations several times where uh, people, I even remember people afterwards would tell me, you know, I came in here, uh, really going through it. We were playing another play in Seattle. And, um, oh, my gosh, this this table was just having a good time and loving the music and everything. And when I came over there, this was pre-COVID, they actually hugged me. And they said, oh, you don't know. We had a very rough day today. We had to unplug our brother from life support. But the music lifted our spirits so much. And we were encouraged today and strengthened. So I think music is a powerful tool. And um, uh, I'm glad, I'm blessed that I have been given the gift to be able to share it with people. Right. You know, Paula Atherton is one of our board members saxophonist Paul Atherton, uh-huh. who's also a national recording artist, and she's also a certified therapist, music therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nellie Doty, that you know, Tom, she's also a music therapist. And we've seen, and they've said many times, how music impacts young students mm-hmm. sometimes in that are dealing with uh, autism, yes, dealing with anxiety, depression issues that may be surfacing from the home or from some genetic form of, uh, you know, that, that they've been dealing with in their lives. But music is a soothing and healing uh, power that they've experienced and witnessed. And I've seen the same thing with uh, the kids that I've worked with. That um, matter of fact, we got a story about that in a new book that's been published called uh, Music, uh, 88 More Ways Music Can Change Your Lives. And we actually had the authors of that book on our last podcast to talk about that. And it was just amazing that this one story where we were able to provide a trombone for a student here locally who was suffering from those types of uh, issues, uh, whether it be mentally or physically, what have you that he now has an instrument, a brand new instrument of his own to be able to channel those emotional attacks, I guess I could call it, or situations where he just needs to you know, enhance his internal feelings and be able to express it through music. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, you know, if you're, when you get down to the, to the nuts and bolts of it, if you are a, a working musician, vocalist, musician, whatever, you are really a certified music therapist. Mm. You know, not to take anything away from people who are certified music right. but when you're working and you're playing and you're grinding every day and you're going out and you're doing concerts, you are a music therapist because you never know when people come to see you. You, just, you have no idea what has happened to their lives before they got to that particular venue. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen that too, being with the Temptations and those songs that have, oh gosh, hit so many souls for years. Yeah, over the years, I mean, you walk out and you do a show, and the energy, the energy you put out, the energy you get back, and you just look at people from all walks of life in a room. We we don't do that now because, and I hope we get back to it. I don't know if we will ever get back to those crowded venues like we used to have. But everybody's having such a good time, and everybody's smiling and having a good time. And you have no idea what happened before they got there, mm-hmm. and they right. have no idea what happened to you before the show started. <laughs> All you know, is you come out there, and you could be having the worst day, but you have to come out 
and you have to be the Pagliacci. You got to put that smile on. You got to be, the, you know, you got to go out there and do it. Whether you want to or not, you might have a crown, but you got to put on that mask and go out there and do that particular gig. And everybody loves it. And when you get off, you feel even better than you did when you went out. Right, right. It's a good place to be. Faith to Form is the podcast after we have um, uh, our, our mission here. And what a great mission we're on in 2021. This has been, well, we celebrate as we record this thing. It's been a year, a year, uh, a memorable year. Um, one question, and by the way, we're talking to Val Lewis and Larry Braggs and Tom Braxton all together now. Yes. <laughs> uh, so how did, how did uh, I ask each of you, um, I want to talk about your new album called Looking Up, by the way, Tom, in just a moment here as well. But uh, let's talk about the pandemic and how did uh, how did 2021 change you? Not in the, the ways that uh, you think, you know, obviously we changed our behaviors. A lot of things went virtual and we all hate Zoom meetings now. <laughs> but beyond that, I'm just curious, all three of you guys, um, and we'll start with Val and, and then Larry and Tom. But um, how, Val, how did uh, the, the pandemic change you? Well, what it did was allow me all the time that I could have wanted to have to be stuck, but having time to do a lot of things that I wasn't able to do before. And I just so much enjoyed that because, uh, for example, I've been able to do some things within my studio here that um, have been just lagging for the longest time. And I've got a, a electric bass guitar on the side of my wall here that was the Sting bass guitar. Uh, yeah, right? it was signed by yeah. Sting personally, and I can justify that and can uh, certify it as well because the guy that gave me the bass I know was at the concert and went backstage to get Sting to sign the bass. So it's got a certification letter and everything to it. But it's been sitting around in my studio, and Ray, you know that because you've seen it a couple times yeah. for almost a gosh, two years maybe. Put it up, put it up, man. Yeah, and you kept telling me, you know, you need to get a case. You need to put it up. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I finally found one that I could order and put it up. I had the time to hang it. But I've also had the time to help F2F, Faith to Form Music Foundation, grow and spend time making contacts with people, sending emails out setting up uh, social media avenues so people could learn and understand more about what we're doing with the Music Foundation and reaching out to kids directly. I do teach uh, children privately as well, but the word through parents as I talk to them about what I'm doing as well has spread throughout the entire county. So we've got now the uh, Fort Bend ISD School District uh, working with me now for music workshop programs that we are waiting to start probably uh, in the next two weeks, as well as uh, Houston Community College, who has been uh, very instrumental over the last uh, two years or so in developing our jazz improvisation summer camp. We did it virtually last year, and we're hoping to do it on campus this year, to, you know, again, depending on how COVID works out. But um, amidst this pandemic, though, again, it's been a really nice thing to have time to focus on things that I feel are important to not just myself, but to others, our community, 
and just on a broad scope with you know the entire um population of fans that i've had for years and um by the way fans those of you who are listening there's a new single coming so keep your eyes and ears open and you thank you tom <laughs> yeah so um <laughs> i've had time to do some recording and to get yeah. some music ready so yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's been great it's been good and the the uh, relationship with uh gilbreth uh, who's an incredible advertising exactly. agent the market is perpetuated larry braggs what about you i'm not talking about the basic stuff like uh getting pickup at walmart for your groceries <laughs> uh, what, what about deep down inside how are you different uh, a year later well I, first of all i hate to one up of uh, bell lewis but I have the uh, Marcus Miller base that Marcus. Oh! You pull out the, the, the magic it. one. <laughs> I'm not going to let my friend Marcus Miller not get caught. Wait a minute, but is, is it signed? Is oh, it yeah, signed? Marcus and okay, okay. So, okay, so he's got one up. He does have one up yeah, on you. It's a legitimate Fender bass. <laughs> is this a Fender bass too, or is it a Squire? That he endorsed. And, uh, yeah, that's his own signature bass, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so uh, he signed it twice. So, um, under the. <laughs> yeah. You got me. You know that. I just I had to do that. I'm sorry, Bill. I'm not going to let him up the state. And he actually showed it. Oh, my God. I wouldn't let him. You don't know if Bill has one or not, but I. Geez, that's a beautiful bass. Man, that's a nice bass. So, obviously, um, Larry has spent time collecting basses uh, for the past year. Well, um, you know, when the the pandemic hit, man, you know, being a singer, you're like going, oh, whoa, whoa, wait a minute, you know. And as as we all know, the income went down because you know we were all working musicians on the road. And so I had to. At first, I thought I got over the shock that I'm home, and I feel like a caged lion because I'm so used to being on the road. And you have to get your body to relax first of all, and that's the hardest thing I had to do first of all to relax and realize, all right, you're home. You know, except being home, you're never home. You haven't been home in 20 years like this. So you have, to, you have to start relaxing. And then once the relaxation hit, now what do I do? So I started to like, you know, I said, oh, I never had a studio in my house. Never, had never had one. Never was technically available to do any of the things with, you know, Pro Tools or Logic or, you know, Digital Performer, any of those DOS or music DOS. I had to dive into that and figure out, okay, how am I going to work from home? And people would call me and say, hey, man, you got the ability to record at home? And I went, ooh, yeah, I do, but I didn't. So I went right out and uh, called some people to say, hey, man, how can I get a quick studio put up in the house? I don't need anything elaborate. I just need new vocals. And they said, okay, well, man, you need this. So I started getting you know, locked in with logic and getting speakers and getting all these things set up and learning the programs and learning how to record my voice and learning how to, uh, you know, uh, uh, move things over somewhere else and bounce it and send it out to somebody and send them files and all this and start to record at home. I even shot a video now that I have out on my YouTube channel, uh, my new video, um, Larry Bragg's uh, You and Me. So that video's out and I shot the footage myself, most of it, here in the house Mm. and around my neighborhood. 
you know, so I did that, you know, and it's all like social distance, you know, uh, conscious. And that happened. And I put out two other singles, one with Jerry Johnson, and then I got a single coming out with Val, I hope, at you some point, you know. And me and Tom Braxton has been working together for like a few years. So Tom and I, we have stuff going on, and Tom's got his new thing. And, you know, that's what you have to do. You have to like find another gear. And so then I started teaching. You know, and I was talking to like the professor, like the chancellor, vice chancellor of my school that I went to school with, that I went to school at. And uh, I told him what I was doing. And he went, hey, Braggs, you ever thought about, you know, teaching back at the school? I said, well, you know, I only have my BA degree. He goes, you've been on the road 30 years, man. You've got a master's. <laughs> and that's what happened. You know? We started out with a, with a class. And now I'm, I'm at the university as a professor and teaching and doing that and having a great time at it. And so now I'm like the quote unquote, you know, star professor over there. They're, they're a talented professor who's an alumni who went to the school and he goes and travels and sings and still teaches at the school. So I'm really happy about that. And I'm touching, touching souls too at the same time because one of my students, man, called me. She was pregnant in the class. And you know, you're getting old and you're that guy, Tom, when your student calls and say, Professor Bragg, I want to send you some pictures of the baby. And you're like, oh my God, I am old. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm old. I remember when I sent my professor pictures of my kids when I was out. Like, oh, I am old now. I'm that guy. I'm that guy, man. So, but it's, it's wonderful. The Lord has blessed us uh, to see this through. We've lost a lot of friends in this too. So we cannot let that fall by the wayside. Right. And we have to take care of ourselves, take care of our families, keep their memories alive. And we just got to be the best people we can be. You know, if you got to get a chance, you need to get a vaccine. Don't be worrying about what's best, what's good, what's better. They're all good. Get one if you get a chance, man, because we got to get back to work and we got to get our lives and our American family back out and working. And that's what's happening with me. That's so so you you can take Fauci's place now. That's fine, Doctor. Oh, I would never do that. No, no, no. Doctor Fauci. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Tom Braxton, what about you? How is uh, how is? I know you've been busy because you've got the the looking up uh, coming out as well. So, but uh, how is your? You know, deep beyond that, how has your life changed in uh, since this past year? Well, I I think being resourceful uh, is important for musicians. Anyway, I, I'm I'm actually in grad school, which is one of the things I, I've been doing for over a year. And I was we're in we're doing uh, the class I'm in is a study of the of the history of Western music, and it struck me I was looking at the life of Bach this week, and I realized Ooh. now here's a man who wrote all of this music, but I looked at his schedule when he was in one of his positions. He had to teach four hours of Latin and music every day. He was in charge of writing one major work a week. He also had to oversee a main choir and three other choirs. It was about eight things he was responsible for doing. And on top of that, he did. He wrote all this incredible music. And I said, you know, we have it pretty good. We think we're really busy. No, no, no. <laughs> It is it is a historical thing that musicians have always had to do a lot of different things. There's nothing wrong with that. So for me, it's been a busy time. I don't know what people are talking about with being bored. I have been bored one day. I can honestly say that. There's so many things I can't get to. 
And uh, they just don't happen to be performances. But I've always had a lot of irons in the fire that I couldn't get to, as Bell said. I did change labels to Intervision labels, uh, the Intervision records. Um, and so I've been working on a CD, which takes an incredible amount of time. And I haven't been able to do that. Uh, lots of house projects. It was great to just spend time with the family because my wife was here. Both boys had to go online for college, which they are so ready to get off the Zoom screens and be in a classroom. I actually had more time to practice because I'm still learning how to play the saxophone. <laughs> so it was okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it'll be the rest of my life. So um, yeah. I, it was a very, it, I, I won't say a positive time for me because it's been very bad. I mean, I know some people that I've lost as well, uh, but I think we have to be resilient and, uh, you know, uh, we, we, and instead of just, uh, being uh, complaining about it, I decided, as a lot of people, hey, let's see what we can do positively through this time and use the time to the uh, best advantage. Yeah. Wow. All three great stories. Hey, I'm, and I ask this next question with um, um, well, caution, I guess it would be a good way to put it. Uh, a gentleman by the name of James Braxton celebrated his 101st birthday uh, back in September. <laughs> and I wanted to ask, because, you know, this pandemic thing is all over the place, and I want to make sure that your dad is, is okay and doing great. So you you guys uh, celebrated his 101st birthday back in September of last year in Lubbock. Right. Uh, and that must have been a really, I mean, come on, 101 years old, number one. That, that, and we're not old, okay? <laughs> no. And neither is 101, man. But well, how, did, how did that go? How did that go, Tom? Well, it must have been a wonderful. Well, let me jump to, yeah, I'll, and I'll explain everything. But uh, yeah, we, I mean, what a life. Uh, my father, who's a mentor to me, uh, goes all the way back to the big band era, uh, you know, got to see the original Ella Fitzgerald, Chick Webb, uh, Duke Ellington and Count Basie bands on Route 66. Uh, incredible life. And um, he did sleep away on December 1st. It was not COVID. It was just natural causes. Uh, he, you know, it was just that time. And so I, how can I, how can you complain about that? 101 years and he was in good health uh, right up right. to, right up to the very end. So thank you for asking. But yeah, and the wonderful thing about it was when he did pass, as much as I, of course, miss him, all these stories came from all over the place. People, oh, your dad did this. Your dad, when I was a college student, couldn't even pay him. Your dad was teaching me lessons. Blah, 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 blah. So uh, it just made me renew my efforts to invest in people more like he did. Wow. Mm -hmm. Even even then, such an impact on your life yeah. in so many different ways. Mm -hmm. yeah. And he's gone to, a, gone to a great place as well. He's going, ha, 50. Bill, did you want to jump in here with a question, yeah, my friend? But I, but I guess it's hard to stop laughing. Thanks. Like, I'm going to leave you with that question right after we've talked about this, buddy. So go right ahead. Come on. Go ahead. But you know, we've got listeners that have brought up questions to me. Uh, some, you know, just people that I run into. And one main question which sticks out in my mind all the time, almost every day, is that parents who have students that are either studying music or they have young kids that 
might want to do music or they have young kids that they think should be doing music, but they have some concerns. Just wondering, well, is this a viable career for my child? You know, it's good for them to have music so that it kind of broadens their horizons and, you know, gives them the chance to uh, learn what creativity is all about and so mm-hmm. forth. But from an industry and business standpoint, what could we tell them so that they would feel comfortable knowing that your child can actually be successful in music if they do certain things? So what would be the thing that you would want to tell our listening parents out there now? That is a great question. Uh, And they do have a right to be concerned because... Unfortunately, there are more people than there are jobs in this business. It's just the way it is. And unfortunately, music is a subjective craft, like all the arts. Uh, So, you know, what I tell young people, and maybe this will apply to parents as well, is uh, as much as you enjoy playing, you do have to eat and you do have to pay Mm -hmm. your bills. So you have to be smart about it. Uh, and Larry might attest to this when we were coming up through through school and everything, and they just taught us to be good at music. They didn't really teach us as much about business aspects of the music, and it is a exactly. and it is a business, and that and so you spend more time on the business than really on stage. So it's mm-hmm. it's really important that the child or student understands. Hey, if you're going for it, I wouldn't discourage people from doing it, but realize. Income streams are important because there may be times when you can't. Very few people, and I was not, this is not an original line. This came from a a professor that was telling me as I was studying saxophone, very few people make every dime from performing. That is a select group of people that make every bit of their money from performing. They're usually involved in a lot of different things, and that's not bad. So uh, I would encourage them if they really feel that music is their calling, uh, that's great. Work on your craft, learn the business, uh, study business trends, do different things and see what is my niche and how can I make a living at this? Not just, oh, I just love to play. That's great. But the older you get, the more bills you're going to have. It's just a, it's just the way it is. So that's just this life. Yeah. My, my my take on that is uh, kind of two twofold. First of all, if if I have a child who's interested in music, like my own kids, they both were percussionists, and they play guitar, and then they try to play this. But my thing is, like, I let them dabble in it to see if they like it first. I don't I don't start looking at down the road twenty years, or, you know, if he's going to be successful as a musician. How come he can't be a doctor? How can be no. I let them do that first because letting them learn an instrument, first of all, it's going to build that discipline for them. They'll have a discipline. That's very that's good. And doing things. And then if they're going to play it, they're going to, first of all, you play music because you love playing music. The money comes, it just comes. That's something else. But first of all, a musician plays music and plays an instrument because I just love playing this instrument. Mm-hmm. Then after that, you grow and you see, okay, is he going to stick with it or is he going to move to something else? There's so many times kids might be playing violin, they might be playing guitar, might be playing saxophone. By the time they get to high school, 
some of them, that thing's sitting in the corner somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, collecting dust. But that's not the problem. Just let them see if they're going to develop, develop the thing. Mm-hmm. And then when they get to college, if they're still playing and they want to be music majors, now you got to start thinking, okay, what am I going to do with this degree when I get out? Do I want to yeah. teach? Do I want to perform? Do I want to be an engineer? Do I want to be a road manager? There's all these things you can do. Do I want to be a, a stage manager? Do I want to be a production engineer? There's so many levels. Do I want to go in film? Do I want to go in scoring? So then you have to start developing that particular a piece of your life and what you want to do. Or do I want to be a professional musician? So you got to have those back. Like Tom says, you have to eat. So you still got to have something else to do. And musicians are some of the most creative people on the planet. So mm-hmm. we always have like, like you said, Tom says, we're always multitasking anyway when we learn a musician, when we're a musician, because this is going to show up, technology is going to show up, you're going to keep learning and learning and learning. But like what guy told me, sometimes the thing you love may not be the thing that makes you money. Oh, right. That's good. So that's just mm-hmm. one of those things. But you just got to let it develop and see what happens. I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't be afraid if I was a parent. I just, you know. Yeah, I think I think the exposure part. At our house, uh, we've got the three grandkids uh, with us, and uh, there's a set of drums, there is percussion equipment, there are keyboards, they all have guitars and or ukuleles. They have been exposed, 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 and allowed to explore uh, maybe an interest uh, of 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 what they're doing. And, and, you know, and let I, me throw this in. First of all, I wish I had your voice, but secondly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> This, okay, this yeah. is real short that, that my father up till about 98, 99 was still playing. So you can mm-hmm. be a you can be a lifelong participant in music, whether it's your profession or not. I think the lifelong learning aspect, like Larry uh, mentioned, of just I can pick up an instrument and play is a valuable. Uh, I, I've played uh functions for doctors, large, they all play. And actually, that's not a new concept. There were actually rulers in Europe that were great amateur musicians. It's a nice release. It's great to just be creative. So you may may not do music for a living, but it doesn't mean you can't play your whole life. Yeah. What a great perspective. Did you have another question for these guys? Uh, more so for Tom, and it's not related directly to music, but the fact that you've uh, also just done a new single with uh, Mr. Bob James, a uh, great pianist. Uh, I know he's also, if I'm not mistaken, a professor and teaches music, has taught uh, the prime member of the group four play and mm-hmm. uh, just very popular uh, music that has been out that Bob has been involved in. How was that experience? Because uh, I mean, I'm connected with him as well, but uh, just wanted to get your perspective on this new single. Well, I've been a Bob James fan since, gosh, the, the 70s. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Taxi. Yeah, I, Taxi. yeah, I go all the way back with him. So um, when I got to meet him and play with him on the cruise, we just kind of connected. And I, I just, uh, I'll never forget, I was in the green room and he sat in on a song with another artist and I just turned to him in the back and I said, you know, I really like your approach to improvisation. And we just started talking. And two hours later, we were the only ones left in the green room. And it, I, I just kept saying, if you need to go, it's okay. And he, but the teacher part of him came out. He just started sharing go. and sharing it. So then 
Uh, I saw him again on several occasions since he and Earl Clue are good friends. He would come and play. And so um, when I was writing this song, Hope for Tomorrow, I just thought about his particular style and thought he would sound great on this. And he was very amenable to it. And um, unfortunately, because of COVID and because he lives in Michigan, uh, we did it all online. You know, I sent files, as you know, Larry, we uh -huh. all do this. And he sent it back and he said, I hope this is OK. And I said, are you kidding me? <laughs> you, you could have played chopsticks and it would have been great. So. Uh, it was a real honor to work with uh, such an, a gracious icon that is interested in helping other people and and uh, uh, working with other people. And just uh, I, I've learned a lot from him. Yeah. And just to throw in real quick, the name of that single, uh, Hope for Tomorrow, featuring mm -hmm. Bob James, uh, Mr. Tom Braxton. Uh, wow. Thank you so much for your time being here with us today. So I got one last question for all of us, basically. No, I've got, and I've got a lightning round, too, after this. <laughs> wow. Okay, let me spin yeah. it out real quick. This is for <laughs> all the money, okay? All okay. Money. We asked, right. basically, uh, you know, a question concerning how parents can, you know, take some of the information that we've got here that we're talking about here on the podcast. But what about students? What important thing would you tell a young student to always remember if they're moving forward with a music career? Um, well, I just real quickly, I'd say three things if they're moving forward in a career. One, develop your craft. You need to be very good at what you do. Number two, study the business. And number three, be a professional. If somebody asks you to do something, exceed their expectations. Uh, be on time. Be a person of character. Be, in other right. words, uh, and those three things can take you a long way because reputation will grow. Hey, I called this guy and man, he was on time. He knew his stuff. As Kirk Whalum told me a long time ago, you have one time to make a good first impression. That's right. Wow. Good advice. Great mm -hmm. advice. Mm -hmm. I love what you guys do. Obviously beyond the music, it's, uh, it's amazing what you're all doing. Isn't that kind of cool? You're really all in the same pocket here with, 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 you've got the music, you've got the talent, the creative, but <laughs> you have. The other thing I, I would add to that last thing Tom was saying is, yeah, don't put yourself in a box as a musician. Uh -huh. because you never know where the gig is going to come from. Mm -hmm. So you better, it, it behooves you to learn a few different styles. Country, blues, R&B, soul, jazz, rock. You should know that. David Sanborn made a lot of money as a jazz saxophone player playing on rock tunes because nobody was playing E with the guitar player. And he said, hey, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? right, right. Hey, you have to be prepared. And I usually tell vocal students that too. Hey, learn different genres of music because you never know. You might love and want to be in your whole soul say, I'm going to sing an R&B singer. We'll be an R&B singer. And all of a sudden, Shania Twain calls you or Faith Evans calls, Faith Hill calls you and say, hey, I need a singer. Whoops. You know, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. do you think about that? You should be prepared. Like Tom says, show up ready, show up on time, show up prepared. And, and I'm going to interject real quick to education, education, education. Learn how to read. Yeah. That would go, take, to, go to school, be, be in school, yeah. finish your college degree. Being on time and being prepared. 
will take you further than some of the best musicians in the world who like to stroll in late. That's right. All right. Very true. Thanks, you guys. Uh, there'll be a pop quiz after today's show. <laughs> and it'll count for 50% of your grade. You guys you guys do great stuff here. Uh, three uh, quick questions here um, as, we, uh, as we hit um, the next generation of this pandemic world that we're living in. Uh, dine in or take out? Who wants to take that one? <laughs> uh, I'll take it. Go for it. What, what's it for you, dining or takeout? Right now, takeout, man. Okay, good. Smart. Very smart. Next one, staycation or vacation? <sighs> wow, that's hard. I wish I could. I wish I could take a vacation. <laughs> but I'm not in either. Well, I, yeah, everything's happening here for right now. I can't get away right now. <laughs> what, you, know, you know what, Tom? <laughs> I... I just moved in a brand new house that we built and I have this like really cool back. Well, you know, I call it a patio. They call it a nine. So staying home is, I'm like, where am I going to go? That's going to be better than this right now. So, <laughs> I'm with you on that, Larry. That, I was about to say, my, mine is staycation because I, I love my house. I'm having so much fun just walking out the back door and just oh, seeing my oasis. Yeah, right now I'm carrying my clothes and a suitcase and a whole another suitcase with cleanser and cleaner and disinfectant. <laughs> and I, I think we're all on the same page with the last question here. Vaccine and mask. Vaccine. Can we say thumbs up to both of these? <laughs> I don't know yet. I don't know. Oh, you got a debate going now. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't made a decision on that yet. Hey, I get my first dose tomorrow, baby. Yes. Yeah. I've had both of mine, thank you. Oh, thank God, you know, but uh, I'm keeping the mask on in the meantime, because I do realize that the young kids have not had a chance to get a vaccine. Yeah. It's yeah. all hitting the older people and working with sway down. So this came out now. If you're, if you're 16, if you're 16 years old, you might have some underlying conditions. They're giving you a vaccine. Very good. Very good. Um, so I don't know. I'll have to like call you after this. But I have to like persuade you and go in and get that vaccine because I need you around to do the Soul Patrol and all this other stuff. So I'm gonna have to get you vaccinated, Tom. I'm here, man. I got the immunity system right here. I got you. (laughs) You need a soul vaccination all across the nation. So Faith to Form has turned into a debate on the vaccine. (laughs) Film at eleven. Yeah. But but, but the difference is, see, we keep loving each other. These other people, they start debating and they start hating, and I'm not doing that. All time yeah. my friend and film in the back of a van and drag up all grains. I'm gonna give him <laughs> I'm coming up to Dallas tomorrow to get you. Okay. <laughs> No, if Jerry Johnson got one, Tom, come on. (laughs) Tom has now conceded that he's going to take the vaccine. You've heard it first. No, 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 he hasn't. No, no, no. 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 All right, never mind. Never mind. One thing we can all agree on is faith to form. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So we end that way. Larry Braggs, Tom Braxton, Vel Lewis. Faith to Form, the podcast for the F2F Music Foundation. 
And that's a wrap. And our co-host, Mr. Ray Shillings. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Ray, 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 Ray. Ray. <laughs> <laughs> Until next time.